So like I said on YouTube, I'll, I won't be speaking in code in this episode today because the video version is not on YouTube due to that platform's new censorious terms of service. And like I said over there, the subject is thanks to a tip from a subscriber who sent an article that is getting not enough coverage in the Catholic commentary community, despite the implications of the story. So let's get right into this, because we have an admission from the establishment that the crisis of priests raping minors is directly correlated to sodomites being permitted to enter the priesthood. As you can tell, I'm not holding back on this today. Now, as we know, we've never gotten an admission to the direct correlation between sodomites being permitted into the priesthood in clear violation of the traditions of the church, the ontological reality of the priesthood, and even canon law until the 1983 code was promulgated that rather obviously and oddly purposefully turned that issue into an ambiguous one. The closest we came was the original John Jay report, which after the original clerical sex abuse crisis became public in 2002, was released and showed a direct correlation between sodomites and the priesthood and the assault on young boys, with an astonishing rate of 80% of the cases being homosexual in nature. After the John Jay report first draft was released, the USCCB put direct pressure on the writers of the report to soften the language, which they unfortunately did, shrouding the issue in more ambiguity, though that damning statistic remained in the final draft. So here's the story. The article was originally published in Palabra, a Spanish-language outlet, but is picked up by Catholic News Agency and the Catholic Herald. A listener sent this story to me, and I thank him for it. Anyway, here's your headline. No logical connection between celibacy and abuse, CDF official says. This was published just a few days ago, and it has largely been ignored by the alternative Catholic media, at least at the time of the production of this video. Father Jordi Bertomeu Farnos published his essay in which he defended clerical celibacy, and just comes out and says that there is no direct link between celibacy and clerical sexual abuse. That defies the narrative. Quote, Although unfortunately in all social classes, professions, ethnic groups, and of course religions, there is the phenomenon of child abuse. Catholic priests are seen or even more or even increasingly treated as suspects of having committed this horrible crime. Speaking against attempts to link the discipline of celibacy to crimes of sexual abuse, Farno said that regardless of other circumstances and arguments that have emerged in the recent synod for the Amazon, this conclusion does not present any logical connection with the problem we are dealing with here. There is no scientific data that demonstrates that a married life would put an end to the deviant behavior of these few priests with this sexual disorder. There is no evidence that priestly celibacy directly causes any deviant sexual addiction, as evidenced by those cases of men or women who, due to life circumstances, must live as celibate. In addition, he added, celibacy has never been considered as a relevant parameter to identify abusers. Rather, most abusers are married men. Priests, mostly celibate men, are usually characterized precisely for their psychological balance, for their availability and selfless delivery to all, not only to the Catholic faithful. End quote. I have had endless arguments about this. The ancient and beautiful practice of clerical celibacy has been under attack by the hierarchy and even by the faithful because somehow people believe that sex cures rape, which is a bizarre idea that once you understand that rape happens in marriage, you then understand that the claim is ludicrous. But here we are. Finally, a priest says it. But it's getting better, because even he admits that there is a homosexual cabal in the church, though he avoids stating the obvious, that the 80% rate of abuse being sodomitical in nature is an indictment of the gay priesthood. But oddly, he does this by saying, quote, 
There is no direct relationship between homosexuality and pedophilia, or between the latter and a progressive style of clergy. End quote. Now, that's also an interesting statement. Rarely in this discussion does so-called progressive politics get mentioned by these apologists for sodomy, nor does its obvious link to the clerical sex abuse crisis. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's noticed that not only is there a ridiculous turn towards satanic, secular left-wing politics, but in general there is an obvious homosexual subculture in the clergy as well. They have to be linked. And to be clear, I'm not saying that all priests are sodomites, or are leftists, far from it, but there's an obvious subculture of sodomitical priests in the clergy right now, and the church has been in the grips of both the Lavender Mafia and the leftist thought leaders for a very, very long time. Father Farnos goes on, quote, It is possible to affirm that a certain homosexual subculture typical of some clerical groups and, and present in certain seminars or novitiates with a consequent tolerance towards active homosexual behaviors can lead to pedophilia. End quote. I'm surprised he didn't just call it McCarrick by name here, Marcel Maciel, or any of the now countless cases we have where the two are directly correlated. The listener pointed out something that I'll repeat here. Father Farnos uses the term pedophilia, but we are really talking about pederasty, which is the assaulting of a young adult, a person who has already reached puberty. That is a big distinction because the homosexual so-called community has a huge problem with pederasty, and the more honest people among them will admit this, and they often speak out against the problem, and credit is due for that. Pederasty is legally defined as targeting a minor who is at least 14 years of age or older, and, as a listener pointed out to me, the age of consent under canon law is 16, which is close to that legally defined age. Curious, isn't that? But this speaks to something else, and that's this. It should be obvious that predators aren't only present in modernist or so-called progressive religious orders or dioceses. Traditionalist orders have them too. But the difference is that the trad orders actually value clerical celibacy. They understand the theological significance of celibacy, and most importantly, they fully embrace Catholicism. That's the key. The traditionalist orders and dioceses don't permit this kind of subculture to thrive in their ranks, and there certainly is no Lavender Mafia equivalent for traditionalist orders. And that is why the Lavender Mafia is an exclusively progressive problem. Consider that to what we hear so much about these days. The boogeyman of clericalism and rigidity. Yes, that oft-repeated cry of the modernists, we are the ones causing harm to the church. That we're holding the church back from being what they think the church should be. As if the church wasn't already the perfect, spotless bride of Christ. Yes, these maniacs who openly embrace ideas that would have had them jailed at the very least by the church in saner times now call us the ones who are preventing the church from doing whatever it is they think the church should be doing. Clearly, they don't think the church should be spreading the gospel and calling people to convert to and join the faith, as anyone who does do those things gets roundly mocked by those in authority today. It's pretty sickening, to be honest. But the one thing the rigid types don't seem to have a problem with is this predatory behavior. You'll hear most of the exorcists and hardline clerical theologians say the same thing today. Heresy and sins of the flesh go hand in hand. You'll almost never find one without the other. The homo heretics today are the perfect example of that. When Father Farnos says that the presence of homosexuals in the priesthood and what he erroneously calls progressivism don't necessarily go together, he's right in a way. In the old days, a progressive in the church might be someone who adhered to the faith strictly, but thought that maybe the church and the state should do more to help the poor through government aid and the like but they didn't push heresy. Today, we see the heresy of modernism on full display. And I know that modernism and so-called progressivism are linked because almost without fail, if you start criticizing modernism in normal Catholic groups, the response you often get is, oh, so you blame liberal Catholics for this. 
which is an inadvertent slipping of the mask. You don't see that with traditionalist groups. Those groups don't put up with either heresy or impurity. If someone has what he call, gets called same-sex attraction, and they're a member of those groups, they don't embrace the lifestyle and identify with their sinful inclinations as a part of their core identity. Their core identity is Catholic, and they identify with their vocation. Now, I'm harder line than most when I say I don't think they should be in the priesthood either. Centuries ago, Pius V wrote a document that I have on this channel that is very, very short, and it explicitly called for the expulsion of anyone in the clerical state with those inclinations. Further, it is, it's called for predators in the ranks to be handed over to lay authorities for the, quote, just sentence, quote, which at that time was capital punishment. Yes, capital punishment for sodomitical rape. Today, the just sentence would be imprisonment. It was a different attitude about sin that not only damns your soul, but also destroys the faith of many of the victims of the abuse. That is what the hierarchy has lost sight of, or at least the ones who aren't predators themselves, but take permissive attitudes towards those with same-sex attraction. They permit this because they have imbibed of modernism, which is the poisoned air the world breathes. That should disturb people, but it doesn't, and I frankly can't figure out why that is, other than that other thing I keep repeating. To the maniacs, the Catholic faith is too hard and offensive, so they craft something else they call Catholic and promote that idea instead. I'll end this with something to Father Farnos's credit. Quoting the article from the Herald again, quote, Pointing to other examples of institutions rocked by abuse scandals, Farnos said the attempts to link celibacy to abuse lacked evidence. The data offered by other Christian and non-Christian churches without celibate sacred ministers belies that claim, he said pointing to the example of the Unity Church of Australia, which has 240,000 members, no hierarchy, and which elects ma married male and female clergy, but has recently made headlines for 2,500 cases of child abuse. Contrast with such data from the Catholic Church and with 466,000 priests and 6,000 cases reported to the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, he said. In the essay, Farnos points out that while the vast majority of cases of sexual abuse occur in the family, no one draws the conclusion that family members are ipso facto prone to abuse. If 73% of sexual abuse of minors seems to occur in the family environment, it cannot be affirmed that being a father or being a mother predisposes to abuse, he said. Farnos said that media coverage of the scandals had rightly highlighted the seriousness of all cases, given rise to certain statements destined to provoke the social panic and discredit of the church, unfairly stigmatizing the social group of the clergy. End quote. And that's the rub. On the one hand, the clergy and the hierarchy refuse to recognize that at the core of the issue is the presence of sodomites in the clergy, and who have largely completely rejected the call to be celibate and chaste. And on the other hand, we have the issue of profoundly anti-Catholic culture that is over-sexualized and promotes degeneracy, a culture which always says that the church should be more inclusive, while simultaneously attacking the faith itself for being dehumanizing. These attitudes have gotten into the church and have infected the thinking of not only the hierarchy, but also the laity in many cases. And that is a tragedy. Remember what the saints have said about there being only a remnant remaining in the final days. I think we're seeing that on full display today. Anyway, keep praying for the church. Thank you for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.